you know what? I'm back again. And I've got more to say. This is the Free Jew Podcast. I am your anonymous host. What do we want to go over today? We'll go over the theater a little bit, the theater portion of politics. I continue to learn about like politics from a all right, we get it. You got a loud car. Wow. Can you guys hear that when they come by? I'm curious. I suppose I could just listen back to the recording. You know, we will discuss the theater element a little bit. Um, some of what's going on with the Republicans. I don't really know what the Democrats are doing. I know that RFK is like a grifter and we can go over that. Um, it just seems so evident now. And if he wins the democratic primary, then you know, it's a, it's like, if you didn't already know, it's all a lie. Shouldn't that really solidify it for you? No, like, Democrats are afraid of him and they hate him. So if he won the primary, it's like, I just feel like they, they've got, they cling on to this last little bit of trust that the dupes think it's, you know, a, a legitimate process, that there's an election that takes place where people vote and the votes are counted. Um... So they're still hanging on to that by a thread, but I feel like if they let RFK take that, first of all, it's definitely like an op at that point. But second of all, it's like, what more do you need? Democrats are afraid of him. They think he's a a Jew-hating, fascist, anti-science, anti-vaxxer. That's what the average Democrat thinks of him. So... I, I don't even get it. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to sell more books, but he already used COVID to sell his books. I'm not saying the guy's all bad, and we'll get into that. But this whole thing he's doing right now is just so transparent. So we'll, we'll go over the theater a little bit. Sometimes the theater's fun. I mean, like, this, like, I've, I always tell my sister, I'm like, at this point, Joe Biden's pretty much my favorite president of the modern era. Like, he's the funniest president. But he's not trying, like... I love Biden and Trump because both of them are hysterical and Trump is trying to be funny and Biden's not, but they're both equally as funny. (laughs) I miss the old Joe Biden. I miss 90s Joe Biden passing that crime bill. Bring back old Joe, but new Joe is really funny. So I love seeing him like stammer and stumble over his words. And again, it's like, I want it to be transparent. It should be easy for people to see. It's more diabolical when it's so, um, when it's so deceptive, that makes it more diabolical. It's more trickery, but at this point, it's so easy for anyone to see that it's all a joke that like, it seems like they're doing everything they can to show us that it's a joke. And those who continue to refuse to accept that, they dig their own graves, you see. But those of us who are able to see it can just enjoy it for what it is. Enjoy the entertainment value of it. Enjoy the fact that the elites who put these people in positions have a sense of humor. The idea that they can show you to your face that the presidency is just a like a a puppet. 
and kind of like a place like mm, it's just the face of the regime but not but not the um decision maker of the regime now it could be and it probably will take you know an american napoleon figure or caesar figure something like that who's literally going to just ignore the supreme court if you wanted to fix it through the executive branch if you if you wanted to if you wanted a president to fix it and you know i don't think i don't know if they could get away with that because then the jews would weaponize the blacks and it would be like george floyd that that would seem like a walk in the park compared to what they get these people to do and then you'd have to have cops using live ammo and then we're and then we're talking about you know like full blown skirmishes in these cities. So I don't really want that personally. I mean, so that's another thing for conservatives to consider. It's like, what would it take and what would it look like if you got things the way that you wanted? Because it would be violent. Okay. And there's nothing that these, these people would stop at nothing. Cause I don't even know what, what, what do you do? Like he'd have to like, align himself with the intelligence agencies he'd probably be better off with the cia than the fbi because they don't like each other you got to pick one you know you can't really be boys with both so you probably want to pick the cia because they're the ones who are going to assassinate you but it's not like the fbi can't assassinate you and maybe i would like like maybe if we we elected like a like an iron-fisted I live in Hoboken. I'm right across the river from New York City. I'm going to get affected by these violent riots. So maybe if the CIA stepped in and assassinated the guy, maybe I'd be grateful. You know, the last time the CIA assassinated a president, I think in hindsight, it was kind of a good move. You know, I, I spent a lot of time thinking that JFK was like a savior and like we're really great. And then as I've grown older... I have come to the conclusion that he had it coming and that maybe the CIA are the good guys. Maybe Alan Dulles is a national hero. I don't know. Could be. So what was I going to tell you about? Um, I also have joke ideas that, because I wanted it to be a little funnier than last time. And I have joke ideas, like, just in my phone. I'm not kidding you guys when I tell you, like, I don't tell the same jokes twice. Like, I tell a joke, and then I just... By the way, if any of you listen to this, and you're a comedian, and you hear something funny, and you like it, it's yours, dude. Like, take it. You don't even... Here's my rule. You could take one or two here and there, try to spread the love. Don't hog them. Okay? But I really don't care if you steal jokes from me. I would, I'm giving them to you. So it's not even theft at that point. I'm giving you permission right now. If you really like something. Now, a lot of the stuff that I say, it's like most comics, they're not, they, they don't have the, the wherewithal to actually say it on stage. So I'm not even really worried about them stealing things, but I'm giving you permission now, here and now. If you hear something and it's like a joke idea or it's like a premise and you think you could do something with it, by all means, it's yours. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, like I, I still do comedy and I'm really funny. And like a part of my soul is that of a comedian. And I try to fulfill the role of comedian 
but I don't really care about being a professional comedian. So these jokes are largely, uh, I don't get much out of them. So it's like, if you could take it and get something out of it and, and by all means, it's yours now. Okay. All I would say is if you take a bunch of them and you end up making a lot of money, just give me some money. Like later on, just send me a Venmo for a few grand and just say thanks for the joke. So I just know that you did that. Because like a lot of you, I'm not going to see you doing stand-up. So I won't even know if you've taken them. So if you blow up and you're crushing, good for you. I'm proud of you. Down the line, you got a lot of money. Send me a few grand. Venmo me. You know, Zell me. Just say thanks for the jokes. That's all. That's a great deal. So we'll talk about, do we want to start? We'll start with the, the theater stuff. I was thinking about, we haven't even really talked about it since all this stuff started. These campaigns and like the dumpster fire that is the DeSantis campaign. And if you're a right winger, you don't really have a choice. I mean, look, we, we already established that your vote doesn't matter. But in terms of who you should want, like it should be Trump really you know i get that the guy's a zionist and we don't like that i don't like it but again like it it would be like um didn't i tell you guys about foundation about how they made the main character in foundation a black woman and that was like a travesty that they did that because it's obviously a white man and if you have to make him a minority, he should be a black man. But he can't. it can't be a woman. Salvor Hardin. Can't be a woman. Like, can't be. But they did it anyway. Because everything on Apple TV has to be really black and really gay. <coughs> Which is annoying. And, um, you know, Foundation's one of the best sci-fi book series ever. Like, even just the first book is a fucking gem. It's like a sci-fi masterpiece. It's so good. And I would recommend it to anyone. Read the book. Don't watch that show because they made Salvor Hardin a black woman. Ugh. Terrible. So anyway, it would be like that. It's like when you're looking at it as entertainment, as theater, don't you want the best actors? Like they should have, if they really wanted to make that show good, they should have cast a, a proper Salvor Hardin, who I think when I was thinking back on the book and the character... Who do I see as being Salvor Hardin? It would be Gerard Butler, okay? You're familiar with Gerard Butler, the actor? from, um, Or like Russell Crowe. It could be Russell Crowe. Someone like that. I think Russell Crowe is kind of fat now. But like Russell Crowe, like gladiator Russell Crowe. That's the character that we're talking about. Imagine if they made, if they remade the gladiator and the gladiator instead of being Russell Crowe, was a black woman. Imagine this. Russell Crowe's character being replaced by a black woman. It's the fact... I don't really care. Like, I don't get too caught up in it when, when people get all mad about, like, The Little Mermaid being black. I don't really care. It's just that this is the first time that they took something that I really, really like and they ruined it with a black lady, you know? And, um... 
that's what I'm trying to describe to you. Like the, the degree to which it's wrong that they did that is the equivalent of making Russell Crowe in The Gladiator a black woman. It's like making Tony Soprano a black woman, dude. Like the, ins like the absurdity that they made that character. Like when you read the book, no one is envisioning a woman, let alone a black woman, okay? The character in that book, anyone who reads it, even a black person reading it, is reading it as a white man. Now, like I said, if you want to make it a black man, I would even accept that. Like Denzel. Denzel Washington would, would be like a really good... He'd be really good in that role. I would like that. I would like that. It's totally fine. Um, Idris, Idris Elba, is that his name? He would crush that role. So you understand the type of person that I'm saying should cast that role. Like, should be cast in that role. And they made it a black lady. It's like if you made Tony Soprano a black woman in The Sopranos. Like, it's that ridiculous, I'm telling you. Oh, goodness. So that, I guess it's, I mean, it's funny. You know, I just don't like that they did that to something that I really like. You know, save it for all your, like, gay stuff. Don't do it to stuff that like is good and ruin it with your casting, your, your inclusion casting. It's just, come on. Aren't we better than that? Uh, so the DeSantis campaign is a dumpster fire, but you know what he's still doing well and the only, like, and we talked about this on the last episode, it can't be Vivek Ramaswamy because you can't have a guy with the last name Ramaswamy be president. It can, there can never be a President Ramaswamy in the United States. I refuse to accept it. So he's, he's out. Um, he's a no-go. And it's like, yes, I don't want that, but also it's like he, he, you, he can't win. Like, it won't happen. If it was him and DeSantis, the American people would vote for DeSantis. You're talking about Republicans here, and they care about that more than Democrats do. Democrats will elect like a, like an Indonesian tranny who used to be a sex worker. They, they'll elect anybody. But then again, they've never done that. So maybe the, hmm, interesting. Maybe the Democrats care more about having a white man in the office than, oh, well, actually, yeah, they did. They did elect an Indonesian gay guy in 2008 and 2012. So I take it back. But for the most part, their track record is white. So I don't even, but I'm saying it's like they might like a male to female trans former sex worker from Thailand. They would probably elect that person. Um, as long as they got a fake birth certificate. But Republicans aren't going to play it. So it's just like, I don't know, Vivek. I guess like if you can make a real campaign for the presidency, if you want to like put yourself more on the map in terms of like what you're doing professionally and stuff. And as an influencer, I guess it's a good move for that. So I see that Vivek is benefiting from this. And look, you know, some of the stuff he says, it's fine. There's a video of him and I have like hiccups because I just chugged the fucking protein shake because I went to the gym Vivek 
there's like a video of him rapping to like lose yourself by Eminem. It's like very, it's very embarrassing. And so I hope he continues to do stuff like that so we don't even have to worry about it. Um, DeSantis doesn't know how to act in front of ordinary people, which I find actually endearing in a leader. I find that if a, I don't mind the idea of having an, uh, an aristocrat as leader. Um, and again, I, we should use the term leader loosely, but we'll just say president. I don't mind the idea of an aristocratic president. I don't mind the idea of them not being able to even relate to common people because they should be above common people. Like you want to hold that office. You should legitimately be above other people. Obama, to his credit, like he might be a gay Indonesian man, but to his credit, he was able to fool the people into thinking he was a man of the people quite well. And you can just see anyone, you know, who's able to see things for what they are is able to see that Barack has a disdain for common people, but he's got a good act and he is above common people. And so that is kind of like an, a, something I find endearing about him. I'm taking a sip of water. Okay. <clears throat> One thing, the only thing DeSantis is doing well is when he's doing things for Florida, he continues to be pretty good. You know, it's like, look... People are always going to be like purists and be like, no, this is all bullshit. It's all an op. They're all on the same side. It's a big club and you ain't in it, blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's valid. But some of the stuff that, like what DeSantis did, I think, last week is he got rid of this one of these DAs in his state. It was a Soros sister. You know, they call it, I've probably explained this, they call it the Soros sisters because it's these black women that George Soros funds their campaign and they just won't throw people in jail. Okay, they give them like, no, they just need a second chance. I mean, sure he raped, but he just needs a second chance is all. These are the Soros sisters. You know, so, and realistically, it's like, I think they just want to see these cities burn. I'm not sure what they have in mind. I don't know why. I don't know the why. Um, but it does seem to me deliberate. And so that's why they're called the Soros sisters. And then obviously it's, it's completely viable. The idea that a Jew would want to subvert cities and turn them into hell holes in, uh, in, in America, in a white nation, perfectly reasonable to assume that as we've been discussing on the last two episodes. So I don't see that as being, um, an outlandish claim and it's not just Soros. There's plenty of them. <laughs> so DeSantis got rid of one of them. Now this is like re it's it's legitimately good. A lot of the things that these people do is just symbolic and it doesn't actually change anything. And governors do have more of a say. Governors do have more power than the presidents that we have. Like I said, the only president that's going to have any power is going to be the one who takes it and who views the Supreme Court as an advisor, as a group of advisors, 
not as those in charge of determining the law of the land, like determining the interpretation of the law. The president who says, okay, that's nice. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your input. And just takes it as that. Takes it as advice, as input, but doesn't uh, abide by it. That president will be the first president we have with power since at least 80 years ago. Until someone's willing to do that, the presidency will have no power. And is it better that way is the question we need to ask. And the answer is, as far as I'm concerned, is for now, yes, it's better that the president is powerless and a puppet. Um, because I already explained it. I don't want Hoboken to burn. And if Hoboken will probably okay, be okay, it's mostly white. But Manhattan, goddamn, dude. I have to go to work over there, okay? So, yeah, I don't want the city I work in burning. I like to feel safe. And uh, I w- I'll say this, too. Republicans outside of these cities don't realize, like, they, they see a couple videos on Twitter and they think these cities are hellholes. Like, the NYPD still kind of does their job. I realize this is uh, goes against a lot of what conservatives like to see and hear about. And they kind of take joy in seeing the cities burn because they're like, yeah, you voted for Democrats, so you deserve it. You know, it's a little weird. Like, there's a lot of us whites there, too. You shouldn't want us to get, you know, shanked by Mexicans. But it's really not that bad. And you guys kind of come across as pussies because you're like, I would never live in a city. I mean, like, there are perfectly good reasons to not want to live in a city. There are so many good reasons to not want to live in New York. The danger, okay, if you have kids, then yes, valid. I wouldn't want to, I would not raise kids in New York City. No way. But if you don't have kids and you just don't want to live in New York City because you think it's dangerous, you're, it's fine, dude. Especially if you're a white guy, like, and you're six feet, you know, if you're a short white guy and you're not like, even then you're probably fine, dude. But if you're like a bigger white guy, they're not even going to bother with you. Really? They don't want to deal with it. Like I'm not even really muscular, you know, I'm a little chubby, but I'm six feet tall. And I just think, um, people aren't gonna, it's not worth the hassle when they can attack like weaker people. So if you're, if you're a, if you're, if you're a five foot 10 and tall or white, you're fine. You know, I'm not saying it's totally unlikely that you'll be mugged, but what are you doing walking around at 3am drunk? You know, if you're walking around at 3am drunk, you might get mugged. I got to tell you, but I'm usually out of the city by like 10 o'clock, maybe midnight at the latest on the weekends, it would be, it would be on the weekend and there's people all over the place. It's fine. Okay. So it's not as bad as people say. It's really not. I'm sure there are cities that are worse than New York city. Like Philly seems a lot worse than New York city. New York city is really not that bad. Even in, I mean, like I go to Harlem during the day. I've never been to Harlem at night, so I couldn't tell you. Um, but even Harlem during the day, it's like, yeah, a homeless guy's going to ask you for a cigarette if you're smoking one. And he might try to tell you his life story, and he might tell you about how this Asian guy was pissing him off, 
in the park. So he threatened to kill himself in front of a bunch of kids. That happened to me like two weeks ago. I think I told you guys about it. Maybe I didn't. But that might happen. But I never felt threatened by the man. I just felt like, wow, I'm, I'm being spoken at by a schizophrenic, you know? But it wasn't, it didn't feel dangerous. Took a sip of water there. Um, <clears throat> anyway, these DAs are the problem. They won't throw people in jail. And I was saying this to someone the other day. I, I think I was saying to my sister, I said the irony of the George Floyd situation is that if we had a real legal system, if we had a real society that believed in law and order, George Floyd would still be alive because he'd be in jail. You understand the irony of that? The legal system could have saved George Floyd's life. Okay? He wouldn't have been out there on that day on fentanyl resisting arrest. He would have been in jail for the crimes he had committed prior to being out on that day when that man put a knee on his neck. Okay? George Floyd would be probably... And if, the, and if the jails took their job seriously, the prisons, George Floyd would probably be like a Muslim. He'd be like one of these black Muslims. He'd be George X. He'd read literature. He'd be sober. And uh, shit, man. Maybe he'd even come out of jail and be, become a contributing member of society. Who is to say? <laughs> isn't that like, isn't that crazy? If we had a real justice system, George Floyd would be alive because he'd be in jail. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh. Like as soon as he did that shit with the pregnant lady where he like pointed a gun at the pregnant lady's stomach, it's like, all right, dude, 10 years. Get your get your act together. Get sober. You know, he become he would find the, the, the elder blacks in prison who are the wise ones who are able to direct these men to religion, whether it be Christianity or Islam. And uh, George would have probably, you know, found God. And I think George would have gotten his act together. He wouldn't have been a junkie any longer. And I mean, what, what, a, what a beautiful story that would have been. And instead, you know, we got the other story. Where he overdosed on fentanyl, whatever, whatever happened, something happened. Um, so Ron, I got to hand it to him. I mean, he's a terrible candidate. His uh, campaign is a dumpster fire. But whenever he goes back to Florida to do something, he's doing the right stuff there. So I don't like if anyone who lives in Florida should not want him to become the president. You want him to stay in Florida. This is the first time I've seen, and like maybe I'm wrong, maybe this has happened before, but it's the first time I've seen it publicized that he got rid of one of these shitty DAs, and that's a really, really good, like that actually matters. That actually makes a difference. So we'll give credit where it's due. Ron, old Ron DeSantis, actually did something effective in the theater. He actually did something that was non-theatrical. He actually did something effective. So... And, you know, you got to hand it to the guy. I mean, no one was good on COVID. Everyone cucked. But Ron cucked the least, and we can give that to him. And it's the same with RFK, where I'll give credit that, listen, I was way ahead on COVID. I was probably ahead of all of you 
unless you were listening to me, because I knew it was bullshit after less than a month, okay? So I'm not going to give credit easily to people who it took them a year. Like, I didn't see videos of Andrew Tate talking about the Matrix. The Matrix, we're, we're all in the Matrix. It's all, I don't even, I can't do it. What is Andrew Tate even? It's all, it's all, he. it's a little more, ink. like, it sounds a little more American. It's all... The Matrix, a Bugatti. That's the only thing I can do is Bugatti. He says Bugatti. I've got a Bugatti. He, his brother Tristan posted the most flamingly homosexual tweet the other day. I want to show you it, actually. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, it's a picture of him looking like a faggot. Um, Where is it? Where is it? Because I think they're both closeted gays, um, Tristan and Andrew. I think they may even have a relationship, like an incestuous relationship. I'm not sure. I'm speculating. Um, where? Oh, here. He's standing in front of a Bugatti. No, it's a McLaren. And it's Tristan Tate. I will wear perfectly tailored $20,000 suits with diamond cufflinks and handmade $14,000 alligator shoes. And I'm, I'll still have holes in my socks. I'm from the streets. Never forget. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never read a gayer tweet than that. Have you ever? Um, and I, I shared this on Instagram and my caption was, even Justin Trudeau is not gay enough to buy $14,000 alligator shoes. I used to know a flaming homosexual guy who did comedy and he was obsessed with getting shoes, like really fabulous shoes. And he would wear sparkly shoes. And yes, he would wear alligator shoes. I think they were probably fake alligator shoes. But yeah, he was the type of guy that would wear alligator shoes. Now, Tristan Tate is also the type of guy who would wear alligator shoes. And I just think that that's like saying, like to me, I'm like, you know how they, they that meme and it's like Pam from the office and it's like, it's like spot the difference or like, it's like, there is no difference. It's the same. It's the same thing. Whatever. It's the same picture. I don't know. Whatever it is. To me, the, these two sentences are the same. Um, I wear $14,000 alligator shoes or I have sexual relationships with other men. To me, those are actually the same that's the same sentence. Like, I don't see a difference between those sentences. It's the same thing. Especially the brag about it. I wear $14,000 alligator shoes in my Bugatti. I wear $14,000 alligator shoes and I have sexual relationships with other men. To me, one should follow the other. You could also say, I have, I have, uh, I have sexual relationships with other men while I'm wearing my $14,000 alligator shoes. To me, it's the same thing. It's like, or one should follow the other. It's like, you know how a, like I, like I, there, if you, something starts with the letter Q in the English language, um, it almost always is followed by a U. I think it like has to be followed by a U. Perhaps there's a word where it's not, but as far as I know, I think it's always Q-U. So it's kind of like that. If you say you have $14,000 alligator shoes, it has to be followed by, and I have sexual relationships with other men. It has to be, or vice versa, but they have to go together. You can't say one without the other. 
So what he tweeted was improper English, is what I'm saying. Taking a sip. Okay. How did I even get to that? Um, so anyway, <clears throat> we're talking about the theater. I don't know. Um, I think it might be, we might be best off with Joe Biden again. Maybe a different vice president. But even Campbell is like, she's on some kinds of drugs. Because it seems like, I don't think she's stoned, but she's high. And it might be Percocets. It might be, a co- she might be on a cocktail. It might be like Adderall as an upper. And then um, she might be using something else as a downer. Um, but she's always giggly, but she just seems high. And she doesn't seem tired enough to be smoking weed all the time. So I think she's on some cocktail of drugs. So I don't think it'd be much different than Biden. Like she'd be harmless. We'd have to worry about the bureaucracy, the deep state just running wild when there's uh, no one at the wheel. But they're already doing that. And all they're doing is sending money to Ukraine. And like they're not even sending money, dude. They're sending like arms and stuff. They're sending old defunct weapons so we can try them out on Russia and see how Russia's army really performs in the field. And, um, you know, I know I've gone off about and been like pro-Russia, but I was wrong about that. The The answer is to be anti-Ukraine and anti-Russia. Or be pro-Russia and pro-Ukraine. Or care about neither. Be neutral. That's the way to go because Russia's not taking the war seriously. Um, so if you're pro-Russia, it's like the Russian regime isn't your friend. They're not actually fighting a serious war. And if you're pro-Ukraine, I'm like, what are you, what are you even doing? What's that about? That seems odd. Because even if you're like a white nationalist and you like the neo-Nazis in the Ukrainian army, I mean, Zelensky, the Jew, is just throwing them in the meat grinder. So he's killing them. So you, you still shouldn't support Ukraine. You know, if those, if you think those are your boys over there, they're they're literally being thrown into a meat grinder by a Jew. So I don't know why you'd support that either. Um, but from an American standpoint, it's just a good old proxy war and we're getting a lot of good intel and we're getting rid of a lot of weapons that we had no use for. We'd probably get rid of them anyway. So it's not really like we're giving them tons of money. It's not just, it's not worth getting worked up over. It's really not, man. And people do it every day. I saw someone like, oh, so we have, today I saw a tweet that was like, so we have money to send to um, to Ukraine, but we don't have money to send to East Palestine, Ohio, or Maui for the wildfires. And I'm like, why are you still talking about East Palestine, Ohio? Who the fuck cares, dude? And yeah, like Maui, I don't know what's going on there. There's some fires. I saw like Lauren Boebert's like, there are wildfires in Maui devastating the island where's Joe Biden? I'm like, you want, you want 90 year old, like decrepit Joe Biden to like go over there? What's he going to do? How's he going to help? Exactly. I'm glad he's on vacation. The guy needs rest. He's old. He's geriatric. He needs to recuperate. You want to send him to a smoky island? What do you want to kill the guy? 
Do not kill Joe. He's my second, he's my second, perhaps my first favorite president of the modern era. No one killed that man. Lauren Bobert. Didn't you cheat on your husband, you fucking loser? Anyway, um, see, you can't take it, like, you can't, in the theater, it's kind of like at the, in, in a, in the broader political war, you could pick sides, I think. It's smarter to do that if you must pick a side. But that's more of the spiritual, higher political, higher level political war. At the lower level, in the theater of it, picking sides is kind of a waste of time. It's less of a waste the more local you get, which is what you'll hear from any libertarian, and they're right about that. Because like I said, even even Ron, as governor, in the office of governor, he did actually make a difference last week. Like, he made a positive change to Florida. And good on you. Good on you, Ron. So, yeah, maybe... Um, and I don't know if they count those votes either for governor. I don't know. Um, but when it comes to this high... high like... When it comes to the federal level of of the theatrics, it's just silly, man. Like, just getting involved in it. Watch it like you watch WWE. Watch it like you watch the Giants against the Cowboys. Because, and people get too into sports, so don't do it like, if you're really into sports, and I used to be like this, I'm not really like this anymore, I, and I enjoy sports so much more now, I like a bunch of teams, I don't have like one team loyalty, I still like prefer the Eagles, and I like prefer the Capitals with hockey, but I don't get like that attached to it where I'm like devastated when they don't make the playoffs or something. And then I have other teams that I like as well. You know, I go to Devils games. I go to like four or five Devils games a year. I really enjoy it. Like I really like the Devils. They're they're like a fun team. So when they do well, I'm I'm happy also. And I have like, you know, there's probably like five or six teams in hockey that I really like. And if any of them win, I'm, I'm pretty happy. So it's like I got a bunch of possibilities for, for enjoying myself. Watch it more like that. Don't become completely devastated. Don't become, like, don't be a liberal. Like, think about the way the liberal will react if Donald Trump wins. Do you want to be like that? It's not going to be the end, okay? It's not going to be the end no matter who wins the presidency. It's not the end. And... In either event, you know, Trump's not going to be the guy that I'm talking about. He's not going to be the Napoleon. So in either event, no one's going to slow the collapse either. Okay, so it's just don't get so invested in it emotionally, but just watch it for fun. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I don't know. It's just a clown show. What other Democrats are running? Like Marianne Williamson? Are there any like socialists running? Like, uh, is Bernie running? I don't even know if he is. I don't think he is. I gotta take another. Oh yeah, Cornell West is running as like the. Uh... I don't even know what their party is. There's like a different third party, and Cornell West is running and. <laughs> Cornell seems like a genuinely good person. 
He's not like there's a there's a lesson you can learn. Like Cornell West is wrong on so much stuff when it comes to politics. Like he's got this old black way, uh, like this old black kind of progressive way of looking at things that is just like really entirely wrong in many ways. However, I view him as a genuine person. Like I don't view him as a snake. And so I like him and I'll watch him on interviews and I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But I still like him because I think he's, I think he really means what he's saying and I think he cares about it. So I like respect him, even though I think his ideas are silly. You're allowed to do that too. Isn't that something? You're allowed to do that. So I, I like Cornell. He's, it seems like a, he seems like a, a genuine, I think getting lunch with Cornell West would be like a, like a wonderful experience. Um, let's see what else. So I don't know if I want to go on about the theater anymore. I feel like I've already become very repetitive. Um, maybe it was the wrong idea to, to do it at all, but I, I couldn't, um, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to talk about today, but let's talk about some of these jokes maybe and see if there's anything funny here. Um, black guys doing pull-ups on scaffolding. Some of these notes, it's like, <laughs> I love the no additional text. Like I have a note here from Thursday that just says black guys doing pull-ups on scaffolding. No additional text. Like this is a joke idea. <laughs> I don't really remember. I just think, you know, I guess I've just been seeing lately in Manhattan, black guys have a tendency to just do pull-ups on scaffolding. And um, I never like it. Huh, that's not funny. Is it? No. NPR is Alex Jones for liberals. That's kind of, I mean, that's like, that's more of an idea like, what would the liberal or progressive version of Alex Jones sound like? Because you, like, it wouldn't sound like Alex Jones. Like, Alex Jones is for conspiracy theorists, and Alex Jones is like, they're trying to turn the frogs into trannies, you know? I mean, obviously, that's always what they say. It's the frog thing. But, you know, he's like, uh, they were paid actors. They're paid actors. The school was shut down in 2008 or whatever, which is, I think it's true. Um, I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I don't feel I need to go there. I'm skeptical on all these things. I'm an equal opportunity skeptic. Um, but to me, the liberal version of Alex Jones is NPR because if you ever listen to it, that's what a liberal Alex Jones would sound like. They'd be like, hmm, yes, yes, hmm, hmm, oh, yes, very hmm, interesting, yes, oh, yeah, hmm. And they have, like, I'd, I'd give them, like, a little British accent. They don't have to have a British accent, but they say, hmm, they do that too much. There's a sexual element to it when they're talking to each other, and one of them's like, yeah, Kristen, so, you know, because they either sound like Jewy and gay or they say, hmm, yes, 
it's very interesting. Yes. Uh, yes. Mm. They do that a lot. Yes, it's very. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, or they say, you know, Kristen, um, the 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 Trump element uh, have become total fascists, and um, I think right. Um, I think so, Kristen. Um, the Trump element uh, of the United States have become extremists, right? And, um, you know, it, it's a problem, right? And so, so what we need to do is um, we need to have uh, more uh, civility, right, in our... Um, in our discourse, Kristen, right? Um, yeah, and um, and I think um, most Americans agree that if there's more um, civility, right, um, that and then Kristen's like, mm, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, be more civil. Oh, like it's it's really it's really. Listen to NPR and just notice how sexual it is. It's so weird. It's just like a Jewy guy talking to a woman with a strange, like, dikey voice. And she's just, like, getting off to him being like, we need more civility in our discourse, right? And they say right after, at the end of every sentence or sentence fragments, right? They say at the end of every sentence fragment, right? They say right, right? So what they do is, right, like everything that they say, right, is it's followed by the word right, right? And you, Sam Harris does this too. Try to listen to Sam Harris for three minutes, right? And he'll do this, right? And he'll say it at the end of uh, everything that he says, right? And sometimes he says it like with a question mark at the end, right? And sometimes he'll say it as like a declarative statement, right? And every sentence though, every single sentence right, is going to end with the word right, right, so just try to notice this, and it will drive you insane, right, like, it's probably driving you insane right now, right, <laughs> and I have things that I, that I do that might be annoying, I say you know a lot, but just too bad, that's, uh, I don't care about that one, because I listen back to my podcasts, um, some of them I don't, and some of them I do. But I try to get an idea of some of the annoying things that I do, and I notice that I say you know a lot, but it doesn't bother me when I listen back to it, so I don't care to adjust it. There were things that I used to do that I found annoying that I've largely cut out. I think I'm pretty damn good as a broadcaster at this point. Although I'm... I'm and if you notice something that, that annoys you, and is actually making it a, a worse experience, you could just tell me, and I'll try to stop. Unless you say, stop saying you know. I already told you I'm not going to, because it doesn't bother me. What else do I have that I thought was funny? I saw a meme that was like the library. It was like a library of banned books. It was one of these outdoor libraries. I will show you the picture. Let me see if I can find it in my camera roll. These are the things that they think are banned books. Oh, I have this picture of Drake. 
with like an oversized jersey. It looks like his boyfriend's jersey. It looks like Drake has become so gay with his painted fingernails. This picture I shared of him, champagne poppy, champagne poppy. Oh, yeah. Champagne poppy shared this picture of himself wearing like some kind of hockey jersey that looks like it belongs to his boyfriend because it's too big on him. And it goes down like all the way to like the tip of his thumb, you know, like the sleeves go to like the tip of his thumb. And then the thing, it's kind of looks like a dress. It looks like his boy, it looks like he's wearing his boyfriend's hockey jersey. And then he's wearing these oversized, goofy looking, croc looking shoes. I don't know. He's such a fucking flamer. It's crazy what's become of him. And I, it's so funny because right next to him, I have a picture of like Michelle Obama's back when she was wearing a dress and you just see her muscular back. She looks like more of a man than Drake does. It's crazy. Um, let me see. Surely I still have it. Where are the banned books? Maybe it was before. Oh. Oh, no, I deleted a bunch of pictures from my phone. Um, but that's fine. I don't know. Maybe it's like, I don't think it's a funny joke, but <clears throat> I'm like, some of the banned books that they put in there was like Catcher in the Rye and, uh, oh, it's that To Kill a Mockingbird. Books that you can get at the library, books that you can get on the internet for $2. They think they're banned books. They put like 1984 in there and Brave New World. I'm like, these aren't banned books. I'm like, if something was banned in 1960, it doesn't make it a banned book if you can get it today anywhere, anywhere for $2. You can get a, a brand new copy of any of those books for like $9 at Barnes & Noble or Amazon or wherever. They're not banned books. A banned book is when you go to Barnes & Noble and you say, do you guys carry any David Irving books? And then the person working at Barnes & Noble gives you a dirty look and says no. That's a banned book, okay? And even then, you could still get them on the internet, okay? There are certain books, like Hitler's War by David Irving. That is a very expensive book, as far as books go. It's like, I don't think you can get it. You can get a used copy of that for probably 200 bucks, maybe 150 if you're lucky, okay? By book standards, that's very expensive, because the book's out of print, because it's like they can't print it anymore. No one will print it, you understand? That's the closest you're going to get to a banned book. But even still, I can get Hitler's War for free on the internet, on archive.org, or like any of these, like Z Library or whatever, any of these places that have the PDFs. But I'm like, a banned book. Like, there are no banned books, but a banned book is at least going to earn you a dirty look from the person you're asking for the book. No, you're not going to go to Barnes & Noble and be like, do you guys carry To Kill a Mockingbird? And they're like, oh, that book is banned. Out, out. They're not going to be disgusted by you. Like the books that I get, a lot of the times, the only times I've done this, because sometimes I will go to Barnes & Noble to see if they have any of these when I have like a list. And I'll ask them and they never know who I'm talking about. So they don't even know to be disgusted. But the answer is always no, we don't carry that book. Because Barnes & Noble 
won't carry books by David Irving, as far as I know. Um, and maybe they do. None of these books are bad. You guys are just being faggots. Um, I got a haircut the other day. This is a <laughs> this is a stupid thing. Well, I got a haircut and I I got it at Dominican barbershop, and Dominicans do know their way around hair, but. The problem with Dominicans is they are always trying to make you look Dominican too. That's like their goal. The goal of the Dominican barber is to make you also look Dominican. And I'm a Jew and Jews have similar hair to Dominicans. It's not, it, theirs is a little bit curlier and a little less thick. Mine is a little bit more like a Brillo pad. But not quite. My, like... My Jew hair is a bit nappier than Dominican hair. But they know how to cut my hair, but I have to coach them a lot because I've noticed they start to do the edges a little too sharp. I went the other day and I'm getting my hair cut and he started, he started, he had the razor, like the, the single blade razor. And, you know, he was just like cleaning up the edges on my beard, which... I don't like clean edges on my beard because it's gay. It like, again, to bring it back to Drake, Drake will just be like the new spokesperson for things to not do if you want to be like, if you want people to consider you straight. But when he does his hair and his beard and you zoom in, it's way too clean cut. The lines are too straight. It's too grew. It's too well groomed that it's gay. You don't have to have a grizzly beard. You don't have to have that grizzly unkempt beard. But if the lines are too sharp, then it's, I'm like, are you getting a haircut like every three days? Are you a woman? You know, like, stop it. Let you, just let the hair grow in a little bit. You don't have to, I, I would rip on my, uh, one of my coworkers at one of my jobs, at one of my former jobs, because he literally would get like a weekly haircut and he would never let his beard get too long and it was always perfectly groomed and he he'd have like a fade like a perfect fade on his on his hair and i'm like i would always be like dude it's kind of gay that you do that i'm like do you spend i'm like you're spending $200 a month on your hair i spend on my hair and it's only and i would spend less it's just that you can't get a haircut in hoboken for less than 40 bucks and i'll tip the guy 5 so i spend 45 bucks I spend about 90 bucks a year on my hair. I get like two fucking haircuts a year, maybe three, you know? So that's like 130, whatever, 135 bucks a year. That's all you need. You don't, you don't need to have the lines, like the perfect lines. But anyway, the guy had the straight blade and, you know, I thought he was just going to shave like the back of my neck to get that, that like back of your neck hair off. And he goes around and he's doing my beard a little bit. And I said, you know, you don't have to worry about the beard. He started doing my eyebrows. So he goes to my, my left eyebrow and he starts scraping it on my, like on the outside of my left eyebrow. And I said, you don't have to do that. I said, don't even worry about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, let, let me balance it out. And then he had to go and like do a tiny bit on my right eyebrow just so it wasn't uneven. But even I was like, why are you touching my eyebrows? I'm like, is this something that guys are doing now that you just assumed that I would want you to do that? It was bizarre. And gay. So I, I just like, I don't, 
I'll go to a Dominican barber, but they require a lot of coaching. They require a lot of coaching. You have to talk them through it. Because if you let them go, they will make you look like a metrosexual Dominican guy. So just... But if you coach them well, they'll do a great job. They just need orders. And I will say about Dominicans, they are way up there. I say this all the time. Not on the podcast, but usually when I'm doing crowd work with Hispanics. But I do like top three, my top three Hispanic groups, um, nationalities, is in no particular order. It's Mexican, Dominican, Cuban. Those are my three, those are my favorite Hispanics. Uh, Puerto Ricans get a bit annoying. They get a tad annoying. Puerto Ricans in groups, very annoying. But lots of, you know, racial groups can be very annoying in large groups. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? Look up Ursula Haverbeck. This was a joke that I was doing, but also it's like you should look her up because she's an awesome Holocaust denier and I highly recommend her and she makes a lot of sense. Um, and she, when she was 87, okay, because she's old, she's like 94, she's still kicking. Um, and just like a good German, like, like cares about setting the record straight. When she was 87, she got arrested and thrown in jail for like 10 months for denying the Holocaust, because in Germany, it's a crime. Um, and I can't think of a better argument that the Holocaust probably didn't happen than if you throw an 87-year-old Holocaust denier in jail for 10 months for suggesting it. To me, that's like, that says it all. That's just like, oh yeah, that shit didn't happen, you know? Like, why would you feel the need to? And the joke that I was doing was like, if the president of the United States was like a little bit flamboyant and people started calling him gay and he was like, I'm not gay. You're going to jail. And he started throwing people in jail for calling him gay. Everyone would just think he's gay. Like everyone would know he's gay. Even people who were on the fence about it or people who didn't think it at all would see him throwing people in jail for calling him gay and be like, oh, he's got to be gay. Why else would he be throwing him in jail? Why wouldn't he? Why would he even care? And that's kind of the same way I feel about the Germans throwing people in jail for Holocaust denial. I'm like, you're just making me think more so that it didn't happen. It's kind of backfiring on you. We were slaves. That was a thought that I had when I because there were these two. It was like you know when something happens and you think to yourself, what if? You play out like a hypothetical situation in your head. And I played this out in my head because there were two younger black kids. One of them, I think, was Hispanic. So it was a black kid and a Hispanic kid. And they were like probably 14. And I was smoking a cigarette and it was in Harlem. I was outside my property. And um, I was just having a cigarette and they were walking by. And the black kid was saying to the uh, Hispanic kid, he was like, man, I fucking hate white people. Dude, I fucking hate white people. I think he just wanted me to hear. I think he was just fucking around. And I just didn't, I just looked at him and I, I just didn't, I didn't say anything. Um, and they walked by me and he's like, I fucking hate white people. I hate white, white people, white people. I fucking hate white people, man. 
I fucking hate white people. So he fucking hate white people. And I was just like, you know, minding my own business. But I was thinking what would be really funny. If you're ever in this situation, please do this for me because I want to know what happens. Please do this and then tell me what happens. If you're ever in a situation where a black person is yelling at you for being white, ask them why they hate white people. Because I want them to say this. Like, this is what I wanted to happen. If I could, um, because like when it, like, I don't know. You see like, uh, anyway, anyway, I'm not even going to say it. (laughs) But I wanted to say this to, to the black kid. I wanted to say, why do you hate white people? Why do you, why do you hate white people? What did the white people do to you? Why do you hate the white people? They almost sound Asian the way they say white people. Why do you hate the white people? That, what kind of Asian is that? That's like Vietnamese or something? Why do I hate the white people? I don't know why I did the tongue click. I thought that was like, I don't know why I did the tongue click. Now I'm doing Indian. Why do you hate the white people? <laughs> I'm going a little, I'm getting a little delirious right now. Why, why? I wanted to say to the young man, why do you hate the white people? Why, why do you hate the white people? The white people. <laughs> Is that, well, what would the Jamaican sound like? Jamaican man. I hate the white people, man. I am Jamaican man. I hate the white people, man. <laughs> I am Jamaican, man. And I hate the white people, man. I hate the white people, man. But it's not cool when they hate the black people, man. But I hate the white people, man. I don't know. Don't you get it? Don't you get why I feel the same way about you? Anyway, um... I wanted to ask the young man, why do you hate white people? Okay. And I wanted him to respond and say, we were slaves. (laughs) I wanted him to say that so bad because I want to say this. If I'm ever given the opportunity to do this, I want to do it so bad. I want a black person to argue with me. Like, I don't want to start it. I'm not going to start the argument. But if a black person starts getting all uppity with me, you know what I mean? Then I want them to say, like, man, you fucking white cracker piece of shit. And I want to be like, why do you hate white people? And if they say we was slaves, if they drop that line on me, I want to be like, really? (laughs) Like, I want to act as sincerely perplexed as possible. I want to be like, what, what did you say now? Really? You were slaves? And I want them to be like, yeah, man, for 400 years. They took us over here from Africa. They enslaved us. And I want to be like, well, that sounds terrible. I'm so sorry. I had no idea. I want to actually act like as perplexed as I can, but like sell it as though I'm not being sarcastic, but that I legitimately didn't know. And I want to see how a black person would react to that. Like a grown adult white person being like, you were what now? You were slaves? When? Man, from 1600s until the late 1800s, we were slaves. And I'd be like, oh my goodness. That, I am so sorry. Wow. This is, that's really something. I never knew that. I would love to see how a black person reacts to a white person like earnestly not knowing that there was slavery. 
and being like, gee whiz, 250 years, that's a long time. I, I had no idea. No one ever told me about that. <laughs> I think that would be, that was so worth it for me to do that just for the, I hate the white people, man. <laughs> that was really funny, guys. I hope you laughed at that a lot because I, I thought that was so funny and that was just off the top of my head. That I'm just like, <clears throat> like, I want you to understand the way that I write these jokes and what I'm telling you when I'm telling you I'm like that I'm reciting jokes. I'm not reciting jokes to you. Like literally the note in my phone says we was slaves. That's it. That's the note in my phone. And I just remembered what I was talking about when I wrote this. I've got notes from months ago that look like that and I have no idea what I was talking about. Because I didn't like write any notes below it. Sometimes I do write notes below it so I'll remember what I'm talking about. But sometimes something will just occur to me really quick or like while I'm laying in bed at night and I don't feel like writing out the whole thing. So I'll just write a little note to myself for like tomorrow or the next day to do it on stage. But I'm telling like I don't write out the jokes. It's so much more fun this way. Because then it's like always riffing. You're always thinking of new stuff. You're always like going off the top of your head. It's exhilarating. I hate the white people, man. I'm from Jamaica, man. I'm from Jamaica, man. And I hate the white people, man. <laughs> I don't think I want to do any more, like... I'm running out of steam here. Than noticing my fellow Jews... I just think like, I mean, with that, it's less of a joke. I'm just like batting down the hatches, folks. They know. I just think, I think that's like kind of a funny angle is like uh, being the Jewish Paul Revere. The Jewish Paul Revere, like riding down, you know, Jerusalem Avenue. The Israeli, like the Israeli Paul Revere riding through Jerusalem and Tel Aviv being like, the Gentiles know, the Gentiles know. They found out. They noticed. They started noticing the names of all the directors in the propaganda films. And they started looking up who owns all of the porn industry. They know. They found out. They found out. The Gentiles found out. Like, that would be the, um, the Jewish Paul Revere should be riding right now. And it's kind of me. I'm kind of the Jewish Paul Revere. And I'm telling you they found out. And I'm telling you, there will be no fighting back. Okay? Like, we can't... There's not going to be a revolution. Like, we're... I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying here. They know the jig is up. We should stop. But some of us won't stop. So let's shun them. You understand? I'm trying to do more to preserve Jewish life than any of these Jews are. Because they want to just keep doing the stuff that everyone's noticing. I'm the one saying stop. Because things might get dicey. I'm the one who's looking out for the Jews. Don't you see that? Don't you get that? They'll never listen to me too. 
So they're doomed. But I don't care. Because it's not me. Actually, I, I do kind of care. But I'm doing the right things. And I'm showing the Jews that it's possible for the Goy to love you. And for you to love the Goy. That's how I ended the last episode. It was a message of love. Anti-Semitic, anti-fa... I do think it would be... A funny political position to have would be like... Someone who's anti-fascist, like really anti-fascist. Deeply, deeply anti-fascist. They're Antifa to the core. They fucking hate fascists. And the only group that they hate, even close to as much as they hate fascists, are fucking Jews. Like, that would be kind of funny. Like, they hate fascists, but the only group they hate as much as fascists, fucking Jews. The timing on that wasn't ideal, because I was just saying I'm looking out for the Jews. I'm just it's a funny idea. It'd be funny if that person existed. Maybe I should become that person. I already, I'm already halfway there. Hispanics. I was just writing about how I kind of I'm and I'm liking Hispanics more and more. I would only race mix with a Latina woman. I realized that. Like a black woman, no way. I would never marry a black woman. Uh, Asian woman, no, thank you. I would not do that. Indian woman, nope, wouldn't do that. Um, Jewish woman, and that wouldn't even be mixing. That's what I'm supposed to do. Probably no. The likelihood is that I will marry a white Christian woman. However, I am open to race mixing with a fair-skinned Latina woman. It's the only race mixing I'm open to. But that's just me. That's not a bit either. But it's, um, that's just true. Um, that's all. That's going to be all for today. We've done a minute and 10, I mean, an hour and 10 minutes here. And, uh, I think that's just fine. I think that that's just fine. And this will now be three, three weeks in a row. We get a new podcast episode. How about that? How about them apples? It's pretty good. I hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, the next one will be coming along soon, and I'll, I'll continue to share with you all that I learn and all of the new funny things that I think of. And um, I'll do more. Uh, I'll do the Jama- I'll do more Jamaican accents and stuff going forward. It's because they're anti. They're anti-Semitic. It's because they're anti-Semites. I've been working on my Jewish one a little bit too. They kicked us out of their country because they're anti-Semitic. It's not because of our behavior. It's because they're anti-Semites. It's not because of our behavior. It's because they're anti-Semitic.